This is episode 82 of the Empowered Athlete Podcast. I don't know about you, but we've been losing our minds in this pandemic. Not only that, we've been through a move and it was winter. We just want to get out and feel better in spring. But we can't get together with anyone and we can't do all the things we planned. In fact, we had planned an amazing retreat in the Muskoka area called the Empowered Reset and it's canceled. We can't do it, but we are adaptable. So we've pivoted and we are going to launch a 30-day online retreat still called the Empowered Reset to help you achievers find their energy and drive and vitality through invigorating workouts, amazing health habits, and transformational coaching. This is happening. May 19th is when it starts. It goes for 30 days and you will benefit greatly by being with us and doing this all together. We'll find ways to be together, find ways to find our energy and get coached in a way that can have you performing your best despite the circumstances of 2020. We want you with us in the Empowered Reset. Find out how, find more information, info at empowerconditioning.com, info at empowerconditioning.com. We can't wait for it. We can't wait for you to be with us. Welcome to the Empowered Athlete Podcast, created to support athletes in their pursuit of excellence and inspire others toward their best lives. Hosted by Kari Schneider, coach to top performers in sport and life, and Paul Durden, former national and professional volleyball player. Greetings one and all, and welcome back to the Empowered Podcast coming to you live from a new location. Kari and I have moved. We are officially into the new house and we are testing out new rooms for sound quality. So Kari gets our bedroom, of course. She's ruling the roost there. And I have been demoted to our youngest daughter's bedroom <laughs> to try it in here. Hope you you're know, all doing well. You know I like the closet. I would take the closet any day. Well, we'll... We'll try out some fortunate. different rooms and see how it sounds. But yeah, it's uh, an you. exciting time. Thank you for the bedroom. And um, glad that you've got Maeve's room anyway. It's a nice room. It is. And yes. given the state of the universe, we are going to be talking about being close together today, about proximity and what COVID-19 has forced upon all of us, being at home, working from home raising kids from home, which we normally do, but not the teaching of school part. Yeah, we don't homeschool um, normally. Nope. So, and, yeah. and we're not used to working together every day, all day long in the same house. And there's been some good, and there's been some bad. <laughs> which I imagine a lot of people are going through, because not everybody has a, um, you know, thankfully we've got amazing healthcare workers that are going to a job most days, but not everybody's in that boat. There's a lot of people who are either working from home or, and fortunately we can have some options to work from home. I'm kind of, I've lost some of my work because of being, not being able to be with my clients, but I still have some of my work because I can do some coaching via Zoom but you have your full-time work from home. So you're nine to five hours like you ordinarily would. Right. Which yeah, is so great. We're, we're lucky because there are so many people out there who are now out of work 
working less than part-time and struggling. And that's something that we, we will complain about the current conditions for working, but please know uh, that we're grateful that we're for what we have. Extremely yeah. happy to be, have something to complain about. So yeah, exactly. Very important and to point that out. So in this, we've noticed some things like you all probably have some key differences in how we relate and I think some of those differences were hard for us to differentiate between is this because of our move or is this because of the pandemic and we've in the last month because the last time we had our podcast like this we were in our other house and we were getting ready to move we were getting ready to take possession of this house and now we've spent a month moving things and losing possession of the other house and getting settled in here and it's been a big crazy busy time so some of the stress I think has been from moving and other parts from the pandemic and and having to be together all the time and what we I've noticed we've had We've had our meltdowns. Let's put it that way. We've had our There's been our more than one. Yes, there's been more than one meltdown. <laughs> and not just and and more than one person. There's been I think the person who's melted down the least is our 9-year-old. Yeah, she's rocked it. She, <laughs> she had a mini so, meltdown when we were told her we were moving. Yeah, a couple, a couple a, a few bouts of tears over that, but then once she we got her space set up first and then she was just all over it, loved it. But for us it yeah, it there's a lot of changes and I think that number 1 there's not the ability to for me to get my own alone time and that's very hard on me and you what do you think do you need a look well yeah i think i think for, for the listeners it'd be maybe good for you to share what that alone time is because it i think a recurring theme that we're going to talk about today is kind of structure of our day routine habit and how the last month and a half has thrown a massive wrench into all of that and in different ways. So yeah, I'm going to absolutely agree with you that it's alone time and a certain kind of alone time is missing from my routine and has an effect as well. But do you want to explain what yours is and how it normally benefits you? My alone time is often my workout. We work out together, but there are certain parts of my workout that are alone. Um, I also have alone time when I work, when I work creatively and I make, I'm creating programs, I'm creating content, I'm creating the next thing that we're doing, which happens to be a, a retreat. So I'm in creative mode and unless I'm uninterrupted in that creative mode, I I can't find flow, I can't get into the work mode I can't get what I'd like to get done and that's part of my alone time is is getting what I'd like to get done and even yeah I'd say that's the most important alone time for me I don't need to have a bath I don't need to 
Well, hang on though. Hang on. Ex explain the typical noon hour for you because I think oh, that's true. you're not um, giving that enough value. So that's true. Um, my noon hour, I would eat lunch, which typically you've made. Kid, kid, kids are at school. I'm at work. Right. You're alone. I yep. would have either come back from the gym. So I would relish that time because I would, I'm naturally an introvert, although I would call myself a situational extrovert. So if, if I'm coaching, if I'm in a social scenario, I am extroverted in those scenarios, but it's very draining for me and I need to recharge on an alone standpoint. So if, if I was coaching all morning in the gym or, or for even just one session in the gym, then it's very important for me. Or if I've been on coaching calls or interacting with people, then my time at lunchtime becomes alone time and I will eat my lunch. I'll often do something that's educational. So I might be reading or doing an online course and then I will do some Spanish. So I'm trying to learn Spanish. So I'll do my Spanish and then I will do a meditation that's usually between 10 and 20 minutes long. And that's my lunch hour and it recharges me so that I feel like I can crush the second half of my day. And yep. Paul knows, you know, that if I go for, say we've been on a vacation or we've been on, you know, it's summer or a weekend and I've gone two, three, four, five days without that routine, I start to get a little bit edgy. I start to get a little bit... Um, it's it's tough for me to keep being around people all the time. I need to recharge. I need to go for a walk in nature. I need to be alone. I need to walk the dogs alone. I need to step away alone. And that's yeah. that's what I need. And so that that's been completely removed. If I if I'm doing my lunchtime routine, I end up inviting Maeve to do some Spanish with me. And she typically doesn't want to me meditate with me, so she might leave me then. But then I might feel guilty because she might need some help with schoolwork. Or I might not have seen her as much in the morning because she was doing her gymnastics program and her school program. So then I feel guilty that I haven't been able to engage with her. And she's looking heavily for both of us to engage because it's her social interaction that she wouldn't get. She would normally get, but she's not getting because she doesn't have her friend group and her classroom group right so that's that's the scenario for me um in that noon hour routine what what about you yeah i feel that i'm from a work standpoint my routine is pretty good i'm locking in 20 minutes here or there throughout the day to get a little bit of time with Maeve to make sure i can look at the work she's doing or just have her help me with something around the house for 20 minutes to give her a break and have an interaction and things like that. But generally from a work standpoint, it's pretty good. But what is really throwing me is the, the, the change, the, the move. So every morning I pop out of bed, get the dog's leashes on, walk them first thing, but being in the new house, where are the leashes? Oh, the shoes are at the other door. There's no routine and system in place yet. So I'm, I'm thrown and not uncomfortable, but there's that, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's, 
there isn't the comfort of the routine. So there's, I'll, I'll use discomfort for now until I think of a more appropriate word, but it's that you don't that have extra a extra layer. Right. And then making breakfast. I was literally telling Kari the other night how I remember the first breakfast I made in the new house took me 10 minutes longer, 15 minutes longer than normal because I'm just searching for things <laughs> or forgetting where they go. And there's new drawers and new shelves and where's the frying pan and just looking like an idiot trying to make yeah. something that happens like clockwork that I don't even need to think. And I can use that time to be thinking about something else or, yeah. so I, there's this continual move distraction. That's, uh, and, and for me, this is the interesting thing. You're, you're, you get, like you said, edgy or, or a little bugged if you're not getting that alone time and what we've discovered and, you know, it's led to a few blowouts for us is that for me, I actually like seeing this bunch of things that needs to be done and just burying my head in Crushing that it. and just going through task after task, hanging a picture, moving something, moving something to storage, knowing just that there's all these things to be done. I can just keep chipping away at that pile. And so what actually happens to me, that's a negative, but I don't feel it at first is that I really disconnect from everyone and get lost in my own thoughts of what's next on the tax list. What's next? What can I do? And then I'm not actually engaging with you or with the kids or having conversations. And back to your lunchtime example where you're normally alone. Now you've got me with you, but I'm not there. I'm not present. I'm mm -hmm. eating my food. I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about the next thing I'm going to do the second that work's done around the house or the move and not sharing anything with you. And you feel more and more disconnected from me in a time that normally you're alone and recharging and it's almost draining from you for you because you're putting out this energy to try to engage and there's nothing yeah. coming back. So I think that's been the biggest thing we've discovered about what's there for me. And that, that's a negative and I don't realize that it's insidious that it kind of just boils up and I'll be feeling frustrated because you're going to be finally almost yelling at me or need to slap me in the face and say, Hey, Paul, I'm here. Let's talk. What's going on. And I'm in that, you know, task mode. And then when that happens, I get upset because I'm thinking, have you not seen all the tasks I've just done? Yeah. And for you, you know, it's, I don't care. I want my husband back. I want to talk to you. I want to know what's going on and yeah. what you think and plan something. So that's when it really comes to a head for me. And I, bewildered as to why you're upset yeah and it's because i've actually just been vacant for a week crushing and, tasks which is great but which not is really all, great for a relationship uh, yeah exactly and it is the the word vacant is so so descriptive of what it looks like because you are if you look at your face you're so checked out like it's it's not you have no idea what's going on for the rest of us and there's that point where I was losing my mind because I've got this massive amount of decision fatigue because of all those things that you don't know where they are. I've made all these choices, not only to filter every piece of thing, every piece of stuff that we have in a three-story house to get rid of two thirds of it and store some and designate others and then move and decide where it's going to live and then teach you where it's going to live or teach Maeve where it's going to live and then be frustrated when nobody can remember where that thing is and and 
And I'm just decision fatigue, exhaustion, and I desperately need that recharge time. Or it helps to have that feeling of we've got a we're a team and we're doing this together and we've been crushing it. We've been doing so well. And in the beginning, we're just like, yeah, high fives. We've got this. You're moving things like crazy. I'm sorting and packing and, you know, we're, we're, our workload is to the moon. We're just crushing it. And then, and then once we get over here, you ordinarily do certain things and I ordinarily do, do certain things. And I'm realizing that, well, wait a second for the first two, three weeks, month almost, I'm doing these extra things because I can't, I can't handle the amount of clutter that's everywhere because we haven't fully unpacked yet. So minimally, I'm trying to keep up on the laundry, keep up on the cleaning, keep up yeah. on the little things because that at least makes me feel like, okay, even though we're not fully unpacked, at least it's not totally disgusting. And because that's what it's coming down to, because suddenly things are even dirtier because all of us are home all the time. There's not these breaks in the day where people are gone for oh, yeah. extended periods of time. We're in and out. Plus, there's tons of in and out because we're moving stuff in and out. So things are just getting dirtier faster. Plus, this is a newly renovated home. So there's tons of construction dust and drywall dust and all of those things. So I'm double duty cleaning and, and wondering why why won't you do the things you normally do? And, and it's because you're still focused on those other tasks that you're not even into a system. And the thing that, the thing that saves us so many times is a system. And if there's one system that we hung on to, it's the system of working out. And we, mm -hmm. we kept working out, even though you got, you got injured throughout the move and there was, it was very hard to do but we still stuck to being able to work out in some fashion or another almost every day and stuck to that system. And if that hadn't been a system and already pre-created, pre-programmed, I don't think we, I think we would have fallen off the rails even more and felt physically worse because we already feel like we've been hit by trucks because there's so much exhaustion going on. But then on top of it, we've lost the system of the morning routine We've lost the system for our couples as a couple for date night. We've lost the system for when we cuddle. We didn't have a couch to cuddle on. We lost the system for our, you know, weekend entertainment. Maybe we might have our date and go for dinner, or maybe we would stay home and watch a movie, but be able to be on the couch. And we lost all that because we were either moving or it's COVID and we can't. And so we lost so many of our systems. It started we weren't we were presenting the other person because we didn't recognize them or we were so frustrated like I I had it by the other day I was just I couldn't I think on Friday I couldn't get my work done because I couldn't in, in the space that was designated I felt like you took over because you didn't expect to be working from home plus it was full of boxes everywhere Plus, Maeve is going around with her different activities. So I decide I'm going to work it from the kitchen island. But when I'm working from the kitchen island, for her, it's like I'm accessible. So she's coming and visiting me all the time. And then I can't get, any, and I can't get anything done. Yeah. And the only reason it, it had me fully melt down is because I was already on thin ice 
because of losing other systems, not getting any recovery time. And same for you at other points. I remember at one point a couple of weeks ago, I could see you were getting spread thin. You're getting frustrated with some of the tasks, even though you feel good when you have the task, you were starting to get short. You're starting to not know what was coming next and, and just getting a little, and I was like, you know, maybe you need to go for a drive or you need to, and it was just like a ticking time bomb. And eventually you, you blew, it was just like away you went, but it's in, in reflection, even though we've had our meltdowns in reflection, it's, it's huge to see that during this pandemic, well, now we've done the move and there's still a lot of things that have to be done, but, and construction that's going to happen and all of those things. But if we're going to continue to coexist in the same space, which is smaller than our previous home, so there's more overlap, then what are our systems? How do we, how do we make it work? And getting back to our systems that we ordinarily do are really, really important so that we can, so that we can stay to our best and be our best selves. And I think that, you know, for those of you who are working from home together or stuck at home, there's a few, there's a few things I would suggest. And as for tips for being your best and staying within a system that has you feeling amazing instead of losing the systems or, um, or even creating a new system that has you feeling amazing. What would be your couple of tips that way? That's a great question. And I think you're bang on that we, we recognize those things that got dropped because of moving the morning routine and things not being in the normal places. And they're little things, but they're really for me, I won't speak for you, but they're the most important things to make sure that I'm working on myself a little bit each day to be in the right mindset, the right state. And as soon as I drop those and put more priority on the task. whatever it was, and it was typically the yeah. tasks, things started to fall off and the mental muscles got weaker and the practices were non-existent. And then our relationship starts to suffer. And then I start to suffer mentally. So it's being aware for all of us, you know, listeners, you, me, anyone out there that the things that you were doing that help you on a daily basis, those good parts of your routine, are you able to maintain them right now? And if you're not, what can you get in there that will make up for it? And just having awareness of maybe it's not there or it is there. And that alone, that awareness and recognition of something that's different in your routine will allow you to deal better with how you're feeling. And so for me to answer your question, the, the things I've, you know, am back on the wagon with are in the morning doing my priming and breathing exercise, some writing down some gratitude and some I am statements and goals for the day. Uh, the workout that you mentioned is something that we just are going to keep fighting to make happen. We're now in a, a weird space in the basement with a really low ceiling and, you know, we'll get outside, we'll do what we can, but uh, just starting the day with those things are going to be really key for me. And those were things that got dropped and it's, it's amazing to feel the difference to just bring them back and have a little bit of mental clarity and a focus on the right things to start the day and not, which is the next shelf that needs to yeah. be built. 
because yeah. who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, and that and that priming too in the morning, just so people understand what our priming is, we're, we're sitting on, before we even step out of the bed, sitting on the edge of the bed, pumping the arms into the air to add a little more um, blood flow and oxygen and doing some breath work with that and doing a little journaling with that. And it makes a huge difference for rolling out of bed, dragging your feet or your butt versus feeling like, okay, I, I've got a pep in my step and I've consciously put my brain on what will serve me. And even, even some positive I am statements, any of those things. And that's, that's that morning priming. And that's one of the things that I've been missing because I didn't have the journal I would normally use because it was all packed up and I didn't have, there's all kinds of reasons. I didn't have, I, I couldn't pump my arms because I had, um, to, Tweaked my neck. Yeah, we didn't have bedside <laughs> tables. Like, there's so many reasons why we didn't do it for a bit. But that one little system, so easy to do, so easy not to do. That one little system that we lost, it really started to negatively impact us. And here's here's the thing: if knowing what I know now, today, had I known that letting that slide would have equated to the issues that we had in the last few weeks. I would have put something next to our bed. I don't care what it is. It could be a yeah. suitcase as a table and there'd be a journal there. And we it'd would be have happening. fought harder for it. You know, it, because, because you just said, right. You just said, you know, that we couldn't we do could. it. But that's yeah. a crock. We absolutely could we have. Just, we just both put priorities in other areas. And we thought, okay, that'll be fine because, yeah, I'm not going to do it for the next week or two. I've got the move. Yeah. I've got my reasons. And those reasons yeah. are both. We, we just didn't because it it's, became less convenient. And if one person didn't, if one person right. didn't, it became easier for the other person not to do it as well. So understanding the impact right. that you have, if you're in a relationship at home during COVID, understanding the impact that you have on the other person, that if you're not doing something positively, likely it's getting harder for them to keep doing it as well. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's where on the flip side, you got back to priming sooner than I did. And with exercises, with, with working out, I kept up where, you couldn't because of the, the injury and then got back to it. So it's, it helps the other yeah. person to know that the other one's still going or the other one is, you know, voicing that they want to get back to that routine. And so for everyone who's struggling with something, it's going to be something. Maybe it was that your, your ha habit to make lunch was because you, to prepare your food that's healthy was because you packed it for work. And that was your habit. So now that maybe you're home, you don't prepare a healthy. And so though, and then all of a sudden you find that your eating is gone out the window. And that might be one of the things that you go, okay, even though I'm not packing a lunch, I'm still going to act as though I am in order to, because that was my trigger to make myself healthy food. And same thing for, you know, for us, we lost our dates. And the, it's, it's that when we no longer had childcare, the trigger for our, the trigger for us to go on a date was that Maeve would be either with her siblings or Maeve would be at her grandparents. And then we had this opportunity to be away alone. Well, that 
and we're allowed to right, go that, somewhere. Right, that positive I've, trigger. I've given myself that excuse of, oh, well, restaurants aren't open, right. movie theaters aren't open, or, or we whatever don't it is, well, care. the date can't exactly. happen. Exactly, and so suddenly we get, lose yeah. the trigger that causes, or this anchor habit that causes, you know how you... You know how there's one habit that causes the next habit that causes the next habit? It happens in sequence, like a step of stairs. You brush your teeth at mm -hmm. night. Well, while you brush your teeth, you are getting your pajamas out. And while you get your pajamas out, and then maybe you get your workout clothes out for the next day. So one habit, habit trickles into the next. And that's what I'm noticing so much is that when one part of our system or our sequence of events is lost it affects other habits that would ordinarily happen. And that's where I would encourage, or the tips I would have would be if, if you have timing. So for instance, I'm gonna get back in order to be able to work better, I'm gonna get back into being in a certain space at a certain time so that I can get the work I need to get done and maybe communicating with Maeve that it's, it's my work time, I can't be interrupted right now. And having my workspace, one, one thing that was huge for me, just not having the workspace that I anticipated, that threw me for a huge loop. And that was one system that I had in place with the old house, and then it was gone. And I don't know where to go or how to work in the new space, and you feel lost, so you lose the system. And that's where a lot of people are, where they're trying to work from home, and they'd have certain cues or certain triggers at work, that they don't have at home and maybe their spouse is there so they feel like they can talk at any given time and it it interrupts the workflow or whatever it is and that's where i right. see for you you have this incredible boundary set up and the boundary the biggest boundary is that you have headphones you have a, a headset on and that headset blocks right. out the other things around you and the headset also shows us that you are either about to be in a meeting or you're listening to something important or so that it creates this boundary and it's like you've gone off to work and no one's going to talk to you and you're in your in your bubble and i feel like i need yep. to either put headsets in or find a room and i don't want to work in the bedroom i don't want the bedroom to become workspace and now i feel so much better because i've unpacked the boxes that were up in the office and now can work in that space. And I think for other people who are stuck at home, it might be physically defining that space that as soon as you walk into it, it's work mode. As soon as you walk out of it, it's you're done from work. Or that space of the boundary of headphones or saying goodbye to the spouse during the day, even though you're both staying home and coming, coming back mm -hmm. again. So you're actually excited yeah, I've it, done it excited, jokingly. Excited but, to see each other because yeah. you actually feel like you're checking back in at lunch, and that you see each other again. And it, but it then you're not having that game of being just sick of each other because you're around each other every every bloody second. <laughs> oh, never honey, get sick of you. Thank you. I, I likewise. Ditto. Did it take Did it take too long to say Good that? To hear. Okay. No. So any other tips deliver. from you? Again, I would just reiterate the same thing I said throughout this chat is to take stock right now of what you usually do, what you need, sharing it with your partner, communicating those needs and 
carving out the time to make sure they happen and putting a priority on them. And that just gets you in a better state, gives you more tools to deal with all the uncertainty right now that we're dealing with in so many different ways and so much change in our work life and home life and relationships with our kids. So that, that would be it. Just, you, you know, I think that's, that's the, the big thing to one other thing that I think on. made a huge difference for us being able to stay productive, especially with so much to do is the, um, is staying on a similar or same wake up and bed schedule. And I know that I've seen some of my clients and athletes and some of our kids find that they're staying up later and sleeping in longer because they don't have to go to a workplace or they don't have to go to a school. And I've seen that really throw people off. And I think that that would be a tip as well is to stay on as close to a time schedule. Physiologically, that will help your body. Um, it will help your energy. It will help you mentally as well to know what's coming up, but also just your own circadian rhythms. Um, so that would be a tip as well, just to make sure that you are staying on as close to a time schedule as you would, as you would ordinarily be in scenarios that you function best and you feel your best mentally and physically. Cool. Right cool. Well, well, listen, I think it's a, Good point to nearly wrap up here. I do have the book of questions, but before we go to that, I just want to encourage all the listeners out there to please hit us up uh, with your thoughts and comments on this episode. Let us know what's working for you and what isn't working for you. What are the struggles? What are the challenges? And hopefully we can touch on them carry with a mindset Monday or next month when we get together to chat again. What just are the two tips? of us. But uh, we would love to hear what is going on out there for you. And lastly, we have times. a we have a retreat that's coming up. And this is going, we were going to be in Muskoka. It's a month long package. We were going to be diving into all sorts of reset habits going into the first two weeks and then heading to Muskoka for three nights and really diving deeper. And then the second two weeks finishing up the empowered reset. But we obviously can't do that. So we are pivoting and adapting to our pandemic and we are running the empowered reset for 30 days starting the Tuesday right after May long weekend, so May 19th, and it will run for 30 days until June 17th. So if that's something that you want to really reset your energy, reset your life, we will be running an incredibly life-changing reset that we will run online, and it'll be an incredible um, energy revitalizing experience. It'll have you just banging on on all cylinders coming out of this stage. You know, they hopefully start to lift restrictions and we get back to more normal life. You're going to come out of it flying and feeling yeah. good. So Instead of feeling like you've been it. hibernating or hiding out. All right, Kari, to wrap up, I need a number from you from the book of 54. questions. Why 54? Uh -oh. oh, interesting. What the is worst. the worst psychological torture you can imagine suffering? Being locked at home with your <laughs> husband for weeks on end. No. Anything causing even minor physical injury should not be considered. The worst psychological so, 
psychological torture you can imagine suffering without the slightest part of it uh, being physical injury. Mm. I know. I, I was going to say being locked in the room with the that. dogs when they want to be out or fed. Um, worst psychological torture. I, I think the worst psychological torture would be it, it, it has to do with being helpless. So if someone that I really cared about was being mm. harmed and I couldn't help them, um, or they were suffering and I couldn't, it's like, I, I have a very, very hard time with, for instance, if an animal is suffering and you, they don't, no one can explain to them why they're suffering. If they, if they've been, I, I've seen one of my animals got hit by a car as a child and I witnessed it and it was, and the, the dog died in front of me. It was horrible. And um, so something like that, mm -hmm. or, or my, my child, one of my kids was uh, quarantined as a two-year-old. And so she was locked behind glass doors, but couldn't understand why she couldn't get out. She could see everybody else moving around outside. And so those things are painful for me, watching someone else suffer when, especially when there's that helpless feeling of really wanting to help them and you, you can't. Um, so I guess if someone else was being tortured that you love or anything along those lines would be very, very challenging for me. Um, I think that would be psychological torture. <laughs> well, it just speaks to what a caring person you are that you always want to help others. And so the opposite of that would be the hardest thing on you mentally. So. I, I, and we hope that uh, you, the listeners, that no one's out there suffering. And again, we do want to hear from you if you are having challenges and things like that, because clearly you can tell Kari cares about that and you, and we love all of you out there. It's a tough time. There's so much uncertainty, and um, we really hope that we can help in any way, whether it's this podcast or if there's questions that we can address. And... Um, yeah, do everything you can to stay well and draw strength from whoever you can. It's such a digitally interconnected world we live in now. So really be aware of who you're spending your online time with. And if there are people that can help you, then spend your time with them if that's, if that's what you need. Awesome, awesome. We love you. Well, everyone. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever it is, whenever you're listening to this. Please share the podcast with everyone you know. Help us grow. And we will talk keep to you training, all soon. Keep training, keep loving each other, stay well, and be your best. <laughs>